I am getting started way too late on this. EscapingTheCave.com. Also on Facebook and at ETC Pod on Twitter. Escaping the cave. And I'm getting really sick of guys named Todd. Zilla X Pod. Howdy, Tonzilla Files, and welcome to another episode of Escaping the Cave, the Tonzilla X Pod on the ChristopherMedia.net network. You can also hook up with me on uh, my website, 3w's.escapingthecave.com, and then uh, uh, over on Twitter, too, at uh, ETC Pod. Hi there. I'm on all the uh, podcatchers as well. <laughs> Went over that in the last episode. Thanks for telling me. Hope you're having a great week so far. It is uh, Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday, right? June 25th? Yeah. It's late. <laughs> I uh, sat down to write this today. Had something completely lined up. Had a really good idea what I was going to do. Sat down, grabbed my notebook, started outlining some stuff, and <laughs> it went in a completely different direction. So... This thing, I think, may come, uh, depending on how it goes today. We'll see how much I get in. Uh, but this may be one of those deals, sort of like with um, Chris and Rich a couple of weeks ago, last week, where we had multiple episodes from the same take. Because I'm not going to sit here and give you a three-hour podcast. Not with this material. There's no way in hell I'm going to do that. So I may have to do this rapid fire again and uh, try to get another couple of episodes uploaded uh, before the weekend. We'll see how that goes. But I don't have a lot of time to uh, <laughs> waste today. But I do want to uh, give you one good piece of heads up if you're on Twitter. I, I've railed a lot about online mobs. Right, mob culture, especially on Twitter. I found an exception. I'm going to embrace this inconsistency here. O.J. Simpson joined Twitter, I think about a week ago, and he made this pronouncement that he had a score to settle. O.J. Simpson has a score to settle. <laughs> That's how he announced himself on Twitter. I have scores to settle. I'm going to even... The, the result has been predictable. And it's been glorious as Orenthal James, in the entitled act, <laughs> decided he would try to cleanse his public image on Twitter. <laughs> He's been away for a while. Maybe he wasn't quite clear about what the Twitter was, given the benefit of the doubt here. Oh my God, the comments are hilarious. I mean, he's trying to talk about like uh, fantasy football. Yeah, the Bills are going to murder the competition this year. <laughs> Another guy comes back and comments, yeah, they're going to be chasing the Broncos, that's for sure. Just stuff like that. It's hilarious. Again, I know that I've been sort of <laughs> against the on online mob thing for a long time, but in this case, I'm all right with it. Come on. Come on. What, what were you thinking? What were you expecting to happen? Wow, you seem normal, Juice. I think we'll have a nice little exchange here. No. No, 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 and no. Anyway, that's the one thing I got for you. You're going to skip the current events stuff. I, I may move away from that a little bit because I found myself the last couple of weeks um, going back and listening to some other stuff. This is going to tie into something probably in the next episode. I'll explain this a little bit more in detail, but I, I, I've been thinking about going back 
and uh, cutting the current events stuff on a lot of these podcasts that I, I typically try to open up with something like this because it's hard to sit down and get the brain going when you're really in the mouth going sort of in conjunction with the brain when you've got a lot of thick material to get to it. It's, it's really, it, it helps to kind of just ease into this, right? Uh, this is sort of my vocal exercise before I get into this. But I, I've noticed that it that stuff tends to go on a little while. And a year later, six months later, does anybody really care about my hot take on a current events issue from six months ago? Probably not. So I may, unless it's a big deal, I may move away from that stuff. We'll see. I know a lot of people like that, <laughs> like me ranting on Trump or on Democrats or something like that. I, I I enjoy it myself. I confess it, but I'm not sure that uh, long term, as people find these things later on and try to listen to them, it's really going to be anything that uh, is going to appeal to anybody. So anyway, uh, let's move on because uh, this is uh, expansive today and it's going to be expansive in the next episode as well. And I want to get to it. And I think this is uh, going to help a little bit. I wanted to go back. Well, I'll, I'll lift the skirt up a little bit here. Uh, I've been talking about Andrew Sullivan the last uh, episode. And I've mentioned him quite a bit, especially one particular article that he wrote in 2016 uh, on The New Yorker. And he put it up, and he was talking about digital detox. It's called um, My Distraction Sickness and Yours. And it talked about how the Internet and blogging and being immersed in the digital world constantly was basically destroying his mind and his sense of who he was, his sense uh, of a living, of being a living, breathing part of the human race. And he had to eliminate it. I wasn't really uh, a, a consumer of his blog. I, I knew Andrew Sullivan from places like Bill Maher and television and his political commentary in, on those platforms. I never knew anything about his writing <laughs> at all. In fact, I still honestly really don't. I read his stuff when he posts it uh, on The New Yorker. He has a weekly column that he puts out. It's usually in multiple topics, takes on multiple things. But he's only doing, as far as I know, these days, he's only doing one a week. Whereas he was doing 10 blog posts a day while he was at the height of his blogging career. I, I can't even fathom that. And it consumed him. And he wrote this really huge article. 7,300 words or something like that. It's a huge piece uh, that I found when I first started dabbling around with the digital detox idea and trying to become human again. I had no idea. I just knew something was wrong, something was happening, and something in the virtual world was doing something to me. Right? And I found his article at about that time, and it really had a massive effect on me. I can't really overstate how much of an effect it did have. And anyway, I've been talking about that a little bit. I threw something up on the Twitter because I had a blog post that was posted uh, shortly after I read that article. I had taken another hitchhiking trip out west, out toward Las Vegas. And I decided at that point in time that I was going to try to enact some of this digital detox stuff. This was, as a matter of fact, it was my very first trip with a smartphone. Imagine that. You're hitchhiking with a smartphone. I had never done that before. I'd had cell phones like flip phones, and I had an iPod Touch for one trip. 
when I was recording video, and I, it was great to be able to go to a truck stop or someplace with, that had Wi-Fi and be able to send emails and stuff like that. But I had never taken one with an iPhone with broadband cellular connections. And I had no idea how that was going to go. And the first thing I did, I went out to see a friend out in Las Vegas, hung out with her for a couple of days, left the phone plugged into the wall in the kitchen. We both did, right? And we spent two days in nonstop conversation, interacting as human beings. It was great. Didn't touch Facebook, didn't touch my email, didn't really do much of anything other than leave the phone plugged into the kitchen. And then all of a sudden, I decided I was going to record a video. This is back when I was doing my YouTube videos for my traveling. Did my thing, edited it, uploaded it, and that opened up a floodgate. All of a sudden, this digital detox idea, this notion of leaving the uh, cell phone in another room away from me completely just went out the fucking window. It was done. Just like that. All I did was record a video and post it, and then I'm sucked back in to put it up on Facebook, checking the views and checking the likes and all this other shit. And the rest of the time that I was there, probably I think it was for the next two or three days, it was just, just it sucked. It wasn't her fault, but we, all we did was sit there with our phones and watch TV. That was it. And the rest of that trip, especially the beginning of it, was really weird. Having a smartphone, because I, I had done a lot of trips. I had done a lot of hitchhiking up to that point. This is one of my last trips, okay? And doing that with an iPhone in your pocket is a strange fucking experience. Because one of the best things about hitchhiking for me was the immersion in solitude. Being present. You know, I would have my headphones on and I would be listening to music, but music tends to tune me in. Okay, tunes me into my mind. It lets, it, for whatever reason, it helps me meditate. It helps me connect with something, presence, with my own mind. I can't explain it. <laughs> I really can't. But having that phone in my pocket, it was really, it was messed up. I kept finding myself reaching down, pulling it out. While I'm sitting at a truck stop with a backpack hitchhiking, I'm checking Facebook for fuck's sakes. Now, there's always two sides to this coin because while I was there and while I was out traveling, I was also able to write because I had my phone. So I could I went out the first night that I was there. This is in Gene, Nevada. It's up on my website. <laughs> you can go check it out if you want uh, at uh, escapingthecave.com. But I went out and I was I was stealth camping. I was, I was shaking the rust off. I hadn't done this in, in probably three years, I think, at that point. And so I go find my spot and throw my bivy down in the dirt in the desert there. And I'm laying there under the stars. It's a beautiful night. I'm just out there just doing my thing. It feels great. I pull my phone out, and I start writing. And I enjoyed that part of it. I enjoyed the part that I could. I didn't have to get to a library, or I didn't have to find a McDonald's, or I didn't have to really get someplace else to be able to sit down and take care of the task at hand, the writing, the blogging. I liked that a lot. It was weird. I didn't like that I liked it, but that actually helped. And there were other aspects to this as well. And Google Maps. <laughs> I wish I would have had that a number of times 10 years ago before the smartphones hit. I mean, you're looking for places to stealth camp. 
you're looking for drop-off locations. You're looking at the later on of this trip. I, I had a guy who was kind of sketchy, a little twitchy in the car. And I could call up Google Maps and be, hey, there's a flying J up there. You want to drop me off? Okay. And that happened two days in a row. I got picked up by a couple of sketchy Russians or a Russian guy and a Mexican guy. These stories are up on the, that one's not yet. That one's not finished. I'll tell you this one. I got picked up uh, just outside of Des Moines. It was my last day out on the same trip. I got, uh, was sitting there for a couple hours. A, a semi pulls over. This dude gets out. He was a Latino guy. Gets out, offers me a ride toward Chicago. We lived in Chicago at the time. I'm like, woo, I made it, right? And I get up to the truck, and he looks at me. He's like, yeah, we need some help when we get there anyway. Half joking, but I couldn't tell if he was really kidding. Like, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> we haven't discussed any of this. I get in the, in the semi, all right? I get in the back behind these two, and we get on the road, and the driver, who's a Russian guy, starts watching porn with both of his legs up on the dashboard while he's driving down the road. He didn't bother turning the sound off or anything. He was watching a three-way. I know that much. It was Russian. I know that much, too. (laughs) This guy's watching porn, driving down the goddamn highway, swerving all over the place, driving like 10 miles an hour under the speed limit, swerving, almost clipping cars in the other lane. And I'm like, oh, boy. This is fun. Now I'm thinking back to the Latino dude. Oh, we got to have some help when we drop off. Oh, wait a minute. This is really weird. I think I should leave. <laughs> so I pulled out my smartphone. I pulled out the iPhone. And I, I pulled up Google Maps, looked, and lo and behold, another truck stops coming up. And I made up this story. I'm like, hey, man, you know, I, uh, I, I had some like chicken wings and some of that, that truck stop coffee back there. And I think you better let me out up here because if you don't, I think I'm going to shit my pants all over your bed. If you're ever in that situation, that works. Because he put that fucking phone down. <laughs> he accelerated to the speed limit. I, I, I think the truck may have had a governor on it because he, he accelerated quickly. He did not want me defecating in his sleeping space. <laughs> I recommend that technique if you ever need to get out of somebody's car. If you ever find yourself hitchhiking, there's your free piece of Tonzilla advice for the day. Always tell somebody you're going to shit in their vehicle, and they will get you the hell out of there, I promise. Anyway, they dropped me off. That was that, and the trip ended. But that whole trip was an exercise or a study in both smartphones and online avatars. That was the same trip that I ran into those two guys in Phoenix. Trump guy and liberal guy who uh, just basically started posting at each other at a Halloween party just before the election. I told, I've told that story. I ran into the cyborg guy uh, who was, uh, that was later on that same day that I got dropped off. No, it was right after that. It was at that truck stop where they dropped me off. I was coming back. I went inside, go to the bathroom, get some coffee, going back out to my perch or my nest to set up camp right by the interstate. And I ran into this guy, this trucker who was from nearby where I grew up, right? And he was like, yeah, we showed those libtards in the election, didn't we? <laughs> Hadn't said a word to him. Hadn't said anything political. Didn't have any sort of, wasn't wearing anything political. There was no reason for him to think anything political about me. And that was his greeting. He obviously had been. Some sort of an online personality. And this was his way, his identity. This is how he thought he related to people. He was a cyborg in my mind. But that whole trip 
revolved around what this technology is doing to us. And it was right after reading that Andrew Sullivan article. And it had a huge effect moving forward. I mean, it, that was 2016. That was, that was right, before, right at, before and after the election. I spent the winter back in Chicago. And I, I really attacked these ideas of how, what the hell is this stuff doing to us? What's happening to us? And, and it was gradual. You know, I couldn't get rid of everything. I don't have much of a life. I mean, my life, my interpersonal life, my organic life has been based around hitchhiking and traveling or backpacking around Latin America for the most part for the last 11 years. I don't have a lot of peers, man. I, I, go figure, right? <laughs> well, this is what I do, right? I did the photography. There are not a lot of people in my actual life life, either in Santa Fe in Chicago, out in Massachusetts, or especially here in Kalamazoo, there aren't a lot of people that I can relate to that relate to me. It's really difficult for me to have just a normal conversation with anybody, right? Because the career thing's dead. We don't talk about work. These folks have no concept of hitchhiking and the stuff that I've seen, the stuff that I've done, how it made me feel, the insights that I've had into people. They can't, they can't relate to that. They can't. It's not their fault. I understand that. They really can't understand the hostile life from backpacking around Latin America, talking to people about United Fruit. <laughs> right? So it's really hard for me to develop. It's almost impossible. I got to say, it's almost impossible for me to find peers, people that I can actually authentically relate to. It doesn't happen. So my life, when I'm not traveling, is based on the internet. That's how I keep in touch with people. It is a useful tool for them. I mean, that whole trip out to Las Vegas that I was just talking about was based on Facebook. My friend Jeff, I, I spent a few weeks with him. That wouldn't have been Facebook. I mean, we've been in touch uh, via the phone for forever, 20 years or so. But the rest of it, yeah. I mean, most of, most of the rest of my life is based on the internet. I spent a lot of time. That's how I, I socialize. It's how I make plans. You know, Chris is out in Massachusetts. Friar Chris is out in Massachusetts now. You know, we lived around each other. He would, he would come and hang out maybe once a week uh, while I lived out there. And we would sit down and talk for a few hours, these heavy, deep conversations. And that was great. But other than him, nobody gets me. <laughs> and I, 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 I can't find people who do. I'm not lamenting that fact. I understand it. I'm not really whining about it. I understand it's not anybody else's fault. This is what I do, then, and I have to kind of—I have to suffer the, you know, the unfortunate consequences of being a little bit different. That means I'm not relatable. I get that; it's fine. But how do you balance that? How do you balance this notion of trying to pull away, trying to digitally detox while most of your life is centered on that? This is a complicated thing. It's not easy. It was not, this wasn't something that when I decided to do this, when I jumped into it, obviously, when I jumped into this, I couldn't just do it cold turkey. There was nothing to replace it, man. Absolutely nothing. The closest thing I had was in Chicago, and that's where we were living in 2016. I mean, I had sort of a, kind of a, an acquaintance network down at one of the comedy clubs from what I'd worked there and from what I had tried to do stand-up. I didn't fit there. I did not fit at all. 
This is Chicago. These guys are fucking funny, right? And I'm a, I'm a greenhorn coming in with weird ideas who's not particularly funny anyway. I was more angry than funny. <laughs> I didn't fit there. A familiar feeling for Todd, believe it or not. So there was nothing that was in place anywhere that would replace the Internet as some sort of a social network. Facebook, for the most part. So it was hard. I had to go slow. I had to figure out how to do this slowly. And moving into 2017, then we moved to Massachusetts, and I had an opportunity to sort of start pulling things back, weaning myself off of it a little bit because of uh, where we landed nearby. We were, I was 10 minutes away from Chris's place at that point. So I saw a lot of him, had a little bit of a you know um, social life going out in Amherst. Uh, but then we moved. He was an hour away, and then it was basically I would hang out with him for a week. And other than that, it was the Internet again. I tried to wean myself back. I, I cut my connections down, you know, the, the, the now infamous purges. I tried to throw myself into writing in my notebook, into my notebooks again, and I did. It helped. But that triggered ideas. The stream of consciousness stuff is how I... Eh. So I, 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 I sort of extract things from my deep mind, right? And so with that, then I feel like I have to put it someplace. It, it doesn't do me any good just having them in my own head or in my own notebooks. It's like masturbating. I'd rather fuck, okay? So I would take these ideas out, and then I started blogging again. I would start trying to put things up onto my blog, but again, you can see the vicious cycle because you put that together, you put things on a blog, well, if nobody sees it, what good is that? I guess I better start posting it to Facebook or at least into the group. That helped for a little while, but it's just a vicious cycle. Okay? And then uh, at the end of November in 2017, Chris and I decided we'd uh, go down to, I was going to go down to Peru with him. He had to go back to the uh, hostel up in the Andes Mountains. So we flew to Columbia, did an Amazon sailing trip for a couple of days. It was great. I shut everything down for that first month that I was gone in December of 2017. And it was, it was pretty neat, actually. All the way through Columbia down the Amazon, there was no Facebook really involvement at all. But it was about that time that I decided that I was going to start podcasting again. I'd gotten back in touch with Chris, uh, Podcast Chris. And again, well, what good's a podcast if nobody hears it? Well, here comes Facebook again. Guess better fire this back. I'll just do it a little bit this time. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I get back, and I start podcasting. That means Twitter's got to come back. So I started this new Twitter account. You know, I, I one of the podcasts, one of the very first podcasts that I did, uh, I was lamenting the fact that I had to be back on Twitter again. I, I, this, none of this was new. None of this was a shock. I'd been through all of this. I understood the marketing end of it, from the photography to the previous podcast back in 2014 to my blog. I understand that once you start doing something like this, if you want to cut through the cacophony of nothing that is cyberspace, you have got to do something. You have got to be active if you want to build any kind of a, a decent following. Right? I understood all of this. I figured, I hoped, I, I steeled myself. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it right this time. I'm just going to post the podcast. I'm not going to get caught up in all this shit. But when you're doing the podcast, if you're talking about politics, you're talking about anything down those lines. 
if you're talking about social media, you probably need to be looking at social media periodically. Paying attention to it. The material and the platform conspire <laughs> to suck me back into this every single time. And I've noticed it a hundred times, you know, when, I, when I'm off of this. I noticed it when I was out at Natalie's place in 2016 out in, out in Las Vegas. That as soon as the politics starts creeping back into it, the anger level, the frustration and contempt starts to rise. I start getting angrier. I start getting meaner. And pretty soon, I'm right back where I was. And then, poof, something snaps. Something breaks. Something pops. And here come the purges. I have to get rid of everybody. I've talked about this in one of the earlier podcasts. And it's, it's, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible cycle, but it's tied into this and a few other things. I don't know how to get rid of it. Well, yes, I do. I, I actually, I do. And I'm going to touch on that, I think, in the, in the next podcast. I have figured this out. And it's gonna, it, it, it basically ties into I'm not going to worry about you finding me. I'm going to put my stuff out there. And I'm going to rely on very basic promotions on Twitter. That Facebook page is going away very soon. I'm telling you, you guys who are already on there, you may have seen the post that I put up there this week. Uh, I've, I've kind of threatened to get rid of that page over the years. I hate Facebook pages anyway. It's going away this time. And if you want to keep getting these, if you're consuming the podcast because I'm hand-delivering them to your Facebook feed via my page, you should subscribe sooner than later. It's terminal. It's in hospice. It's going to die soon. I promise. So I'm going to try to do what I'm going to, I'm going to keep the Twitter feed. I'm looking at it right now. I have it up on the screen in front of me. And I've gone from maybe around 100. I figured I'd cap myself at 100. That was entirely too many. Entirely too many. And it's down to 24 now. And I still think that's high. That's what I'm going to do with um, the noise. That's how I'm going to cut the, 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 or raise the signal-to-noise ratio on Twitter. Get rid of the noise, man. Get rid of the bullshit. Get rid of the people who are sending me off into some, you know, triggered frenzy because of the, the stupidity that I'm sitting here basking in, the negativity that I'm wallowing in every single day, every single time that I walk in to share a podcast. I look, oh my God, you're, yeah, you're an idiot. Oh my God, you're stupid. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to curate this a little bit better. Take my own advice, curate my own feed, and, and only put people in it who have something to offer. And by that, I don't mean a, a follow. That's the stupidest game I have ever seen played pretty much anywhere. Is this follow me, I'll follow you crap. Podcasters do this shit all the time. It's dumb. There are not enough hours in the day for you to listen to every goddamn podcast you follow. And do you really think, podcast friend, that anybody's listening to yours when they follow you? Are you really that deluded? I know you're not listening to mine. I know when you follow me, you're not listening to it. Half the time, I, I do appreciate the shares from a lot of you guys. You're trying to build a community. Maybe you're trying to just help out. That's great. I know you're not listening to them. <laughs> I'm not under any sort of delusion that you are. 
it's not helping me much anyway. It just gives me this number that can, people can look at and assume that, that my popularity is based on a fucking Twitter feed, a Twitter number. My downloads far outpace my Twitter feed. People are finding it anyway. They're finding it via Google. Probably searching social media addiction or something down that line. They're getting there anyway. I don't need Twitter beyond the basics. And I sure as fuck don't need it enough to pollute my mind with the shit that comes with having a bunch of people in that feed. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cap that. I'm not going to go any higher than 25, I don't think. And I'm going to see. I'll just start posting things. I'm going to work on my keywords, you know, stuff like that. Got to work on labeling it. So if you are interested in the podcast and you're throwing something into Google looking for information or insight or maybe somebody sharing a story on the social media disease and some of the other things that I'm talking about, where if you throw it into Google, Google you can find it. The old-fashioned way. We're going back to the olden days of 2004. That's the way to do it, I think. And it's going to be slower. I understand that. But the thing is, is that I think the people who find this podcast that way are going to be more loyal listeners. They're going to connect with it. They're going to identify a lot more than somebody who's just scrolling, oh, escape in the cave, wonder what that is, let me look at this. You know what I mean? You're actually actively seeking it out then. So yeah, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to take it slow, grow it, you know, very organically, rather than dousing it with, I don't know, the Twitter pesticide. Actually, Twitter needs the pesticide. It's terrible. But I've also found, by doing that the last couple of days, that the people that are in, they're actually adding something to the conversation. Maybe not directly. I'm not having a lot of chats on Twitter, but they're, they're, the people that I've got, and the, the sort of the attack plan that I have with Twitter of only following people who really have something to add to what I'm looking for has borne fruit. And I, I think that's the way to do it. You really, I, I, I do not understand how people can have 2,000 people that they're following. How do you keep up with it, A? And how do you keep from just turning yourself into an anxiety and rage, anxiety-filled raging bomb? I don't understand that, especially if you're political. Or if you follow sports, sports is, I've said this before, sports is worse than politics in a lot of ways. So less is more, I think. Less is a lot more when it comes to Twitter. And I don't give a shit. I don't give a frog's fat ass about having a big follower number attached to my Twitter profile. If that's the only, if that's a sign of status, you can keep it, Okay. I'm doing okay. The, the downloads are steadily increasing pretty much every week. I'm reaching people. I don't know where you are. I don't know how you find it. I, maybe a few of you have found it through Twitter. Uh, folks on my Facebook page, they know where to get it. People on my Facebook profile, they know where to get it if they want it. I think they're probably petering out by now. It was kind of neat to hear a friend do a podcast. But I don't think most of those folks really have any interest in what I'm talking about anyway. 
So the people who are really going to be interested in this, I think, are going to be looking for it. It's going to be somebody looking for information, somebody looking for someone who knows or has some, some sense of insight into what the Internet and what social media does to us both individually and socially. And Google's a great way to do that if I can get the words right. So that's pretty much what I'm going to do as the uh, podcast prances forth into the night. So that took entirely too long. I'm 33 minutes in, according to my recorder. I don't think I have a lot of editing to do, and I've still got three handwritten pages here (laughs) of material that, uh, you know, I was going to try to do. And I am not going to turn this into a uh, 90-minute podcast today. So... Since I'm not going to do that, guess what? This is sort of history. I think this is the shortest podcast that I've done since the very first one in 2014. You're going to thank me for this, though, I promise. Every now and then, it's good to put out a mini pod anyway, right? They don't all have to be 60-minute masterpieces. Right? You'll thank me for this, though. This is going to make a lot more sense because that will go with that, will go with that, and I think I've got a three-episode week lined up. That's awesome. Three W's, escapingthecave.com. That is my website. You can also uh, find me over on Twitter. <laughs> At ETC Pod. Don't forget to check out ChristopherMedia.net, the network over there, all the great shows. Particularly unregimented. Check that out every single week. Yeah, weird. I thought this was going to be like some epic production. 33 minutes long. That's great. Oh, well, we'll get back at it next time. Till then, so long.